Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Brian Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring workday. All right, this is a long time coming, and I am delighted to have Stephen Michael and Sonny Pooney from the Grown Up Rock Podcast finally on Damn Good Movie Memories. Now, if you didn't know already, I'm a huge fan of Grown Up Rock, and Stephen and Sonny have been longtime supporters of Damn Good Movie Memories. And I even guessed it on their awesome Queen episode, number 72, where we gave our review of Bohemian Rhapsody a day after it was initially released to theaters. Plus, we gave our top five uh, Queen tracks. It was a lot of fun. But before we get into what Stephen and Sonny have in store for us this week, uh, can you guys tell the audience uh, how Grown Up Rock started and how you two met? And uh, again, congratulations on you recently publishing your 100th episode. Appreciate that, Brian. Yeah, I mean, for us, um, it's been a a fun ride. Uh, We get to do what we like every uh, week, which is talk about rock and roll and uh, that's that's really what growing up uh, rock is all about, just kind of carrying that flag for hard rock and metal music everywhere. And so uh, Sonny and I just love to share stories about growing up on rock and roll and uh, really the way we met. Sonny, you want to tell this story? It's pretty simple and pretty crazy, but we've uh, we've discussed it before. Yeah, so I got into podcasts after I was listening to audiobooks for a while and kind of got burnt out on listening to iTunes all the time. So started listening to podcasts because somebody told me about a podcast and, you know, I'm a Kiss fan. So I go start looking for Kiss podcast first and came across Decibel Geek. And they were in the midst of doing this. You can donate uh, to the Rockin' Pod, the first one and that they had. And we're about to have our third one here in a couple of months. But mm-hmm. And they had a thing where you could donate and come on the show and you could do a topic. And I've always wanted – I wanted to be in music, but I didn't have the talent to be in music. Then I tried bands and bands, and that was like babysitting. Then I tried booking gigs, and that was a pain. <laughs> so, But over the years, what ends up happening for most of us that's probably listening is you start working and – you kind of lose the friends you had in music or the friends that like the same music you like uh, because of maybe the job that you have. Like, I, I don't think anybody that I work with right now really likes hard rock music. So I was thinking about, I'm like, oh, I would love to do radio, but you know, how am I going to make time for that? So the podcast thing was interesting. So I went, donated, did a episode with Decibel Geek, enjoyed it, did a few others. Well, Steven had also donated and did an episode with Decibel Geek. And he had told the guys that he was looking for somebody to do a podcast with. They suggested me. Um, Stephen calls me one day and, you know, just, hey, let's at least talk. Maybe we just record something together, see how it works. I had one rule. I said, look, I'm in 100%. I don't even need to test it. But I got one rule. And Stephen, that rule was? I'm not doing none of the technical work. I don't (laughs) have the time. In his best uh, uh, sultry voice, that is. But right. yeah, <laughs> which so, is his natural voice, by the way. <laughs> no, no, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, actually, the one that's been called sultry is actually Stephen. But anyway, that's true. <laughs> so uh, after we got the point across that I wasn't going to do any work, that I was just going to be on and that's it and hang up kind of thing. Uh, and then we started going, and really, we didn't meet until a couple of months later. We've actually only met face to face, probably now five or six times. We've really only known each other about two years. Um, we're still learning things about each other. Um, I think we surprise each other every once in a while. 
And, you know, things like Skype and podcasting allows you to be in two different places and have a friend that you can talk music with once a week, which is outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I discovered both of you through Decibel Geek. Same thing. Um, I heard. I think you guys both did Radio Sucks, if I remember correctly. And uh, yeah, that's and then before I knew it, you guys had started your own podcast, which was great. So it, it turned out wonderful. And that's the great thing about the Internet. I mean, there's no way any of us would have been able to get into this sort of medium without the internet. And uh, there's some definitely negatives about social media and everything, but this is the positive. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, and there's a little bit of an adjustment to Sonny's story. So Sonny, Sonny is pretty much uh, dead on as far as our, his recollection of, of how we met and everything. I originally went to Chris because I knew I was going to do a podcast and wanted to learn more about it. Because at that point, I was just kind of boning up on things and uh, doing the investigation because I'm one of those people that likes to really have my shit together and my ducks in a row before I jump into something. So I went to Chris and said, hey, I'm not far from Nashville. Can I come up and record with you? I donated to the first rock and pod. Let me record an episode. Here's what I'd like to do the episode on. And the episode wasn't a Radio Sucks. It was actually a series called Under the Influence that now is part of the Grown Up Rock podcast. But we do Under the Influence and we did Under the Influence of ACDC. Oh, okay. Where, mm-hmm. So that was the first episode. And that's kind of first how I met Chris and Aaron. And I had been listening to Decibel Geek on these long commutes I had from work and everything. Uh, and Sonny's right. He did a, I, I think Sonny's episode was a radio sucks, right? Sonny. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sonny did his episode roughly right around the same time, like within right. probably two weeks or something. And then Sonny started becoming much more active on social media. Like he was chiming in on post and things like that. So I listened to Sonny's episode of radio sucks I enjoyed it. I thought he was knowledgeable. I thought he was cool. And I knew he was new in the in the game because we all were, right? Mm-hmm. And so just out of the blue, I texted him. Uh, I think I friended him on Facebook. I texted him or messaged him or, or whatever it is and uh, said, hey, do you have a few minutes to talk? <laughs> and his his reaction, I think, immediately was, uh, okay. <laughs> Is this guy stalking me or what? So, <laughs> so that's that's where originally where we kind of came together and just started talking. I talked to him and said, "Hey, you know, you wanna you interested in doing just a couple practice episodes? See if you like it, and if you're interested in doing this, let's do this." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we recorded, you know, a couple of uh, practice episodes just to see how it all played out and audio quality and things like that and. Uh, we jumped into it and here we are a hundred episodes, hundred plus episodes later, but Chris and Aaron, I mean, other than me listening to, to the decibel geek podcast and me trying to get information from Chris, because I knew he'd been doing it much longer. Um, they, you know, they didn't really, they didn't really put me and Sonny together, I guess (laughs) is, is my initial thing. And I just wanted to clarify that a little bit because, you know, sometimes they've spawned a lot of, uh, podcasts. I just don't necessarily know if they've spawned 
the Grown Up Rock podcast. That's all. <laughs> got it. Got it. No, yeah, they're definitely almost like the minor league system of podcasting sometimes. Yeah. But hey, they definitely influenced me. I guessed it on. I did a radio sucks with them too before I started Damn Good Movie Memories, and uh, it just gave me the confidence to go into to you know realizing I could do this too, and uh, which is great because they're always open to. Um, you know, whether it be a, you're a big name or a no name, they'll have you on. And I think that's always been the greatest part about Despicable Geek. And they're just genuinely good dudes. I, lo- I love those guys. I mean, their their podcast is definitely, um, you know, I mean, it's inspired a lot of people and it certainly kept me company on the long ride. So oh, yeah. uh, I love both Chris and Aaron. I love their show. And uh, yeah, they're awesome. Absolutely. All right. So the reason you guys are here, because not only do we love movies, but of course we love music, too. And this is a perfect way to have a little synergy there. And uh, we're going to do the top five soundtracks from the grown up rock guys. So Sonny's going to start us off now. Sonny did. He followed the rules because he he's. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he, he did a true top five. Steven went a little rogue, but we love Steven. So Steven can do whatever he wants to. Uh, <laughs> but he went. He went chronologically, which is great. So we get a little yin and yang here. Uh, but we're going to start with Sonny because he followed the rules. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So in my life, I would say music is pro- definitely number one. I'm more of a TV guy than I'm a movie guy. So I, I, I usually default to TV before I default to movies. But uh, I've, I've obviously seen enough movies in my life. Um, all right. So my number five pick. And thank God Brian said we did not have to pick all hard rock because right. all of mine is not hard rock. But my first one is pretty much uh, close to hard rock. And that's a sound soundtrack for School of Rock. So right. if you remember the Jack Black movie, Joan Cusack, Mike White. Uh, by the way, Mike White wrote a couple of these songs. Actually. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people don't know that. But, you know, Dewey Finn, he's trying to make it. He gets kicked out of his band. He kind of lies to a school. <laughs> he ends up being a substitute teacher. Ends up kind of working out at the end. But uh, what was important for me on this movie is it came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, I have a 24-year-old daughter, an 18, a 17, and a 15. And my three youngest were in the bang zone of trying to – kind of get interested in music and they watched this movie several times. And I think subconsciously I was trying to brainwash them into loving music and all three now do. Yeah. uh, Which is incredible. Right. But um, this, this was cool because it allowed me to use the movie that was very kid oriented to brainwash them in the type of music I wanted them to listen to. Absolutely. Cause you hear, you know, they're playing ACDC, they're playing Deep Purple, they're playing The Doors. It's great. And uh, the, some of the funniest stuff is actually Jack Black's uh, band before he, he starts doing the school thing. You know, No Vacancy. It's hilarious what he was doing. Because uh, Jack Black's a super talented musician on his own. Yeah, and the facial expressions. Oh. Right? Like, Jack is, Jack is unbelievable. Um, there's, there's not really a lot of people like him. So um, he's definitely unique. But anyway, the soundtrack's got 18 great songs. I would say my five favorite are probably School of Rock, which uh, the first time you kind of hear that one is when Zach, who's the kid guitar player, is kind of playing it because he wrote it, and then you hear it at, at the Battle of the Bands. Uh, Touch Me, which is uh, the door song that's happening while uh, Jack is teaching Lawrence how to play keyboards. Sunshine of Your Love, Immigrant Song, that's you know after they lied to the the guy and got on the bill yep and then the two no vacancy songs are absolutely outstanding so he'll heal me i'm heartsick is the one that they won the battle of the bands with but i would say my favorite song 
is the first song you hear in the movie, and it's called Fight. That song is outrageous. Okay, Steven, do you have any comments about School Rock? I enjoyed the movie. I enjoy uh, Jack Black. I mean, it's typical Jack Black uh, movie for that time period. I liked uh, the ACDC stuff that they were playing, and, uh, you know, it was just a fun movie. I, I did not uh, dislike that movie. I'm not that familiar with the soundtrack. I, mm-hmm. I never went and picked up the soundtrack or anything like that. It's just one of those movies that kind of draws me in whenever it comes on like you know tbs or something like that right okay so steven let's hear your first in chronological order all right so yeah in true uh growing up rock fashion i i refused to do a top 10 because or top five because it would only be a top five at that particular moment anyhow and it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint any one soundtrack when i started doing research for this episode because i knew it was coming up it was like wow i forgot about this soundtrack or i forgot about this soundtrack oh i love this soundtrack so i'm all over the place i'm i have uh add i think or musical add i should call it (laughs) (laughs) so uh so i said you know let me let me pick soundtracks based on the importance in my life and for me the first soundtrack I'm going to talk about, and obviously all of my soundtracks are not even close to hard rock or metal. Some of them may be so, but all of them definitely not. And a perfect example of that, we're going to talk about the soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> a disco soundtrack. So this is still uh, the biggest selling uh, soundtrack of all time. 54 million sold in the U.S., uh, crazy. I mean, when you think about those numbers and it's essentially a Bee Gees album for the most part, even though, uh, it's not only Bee Gees material on this record, right? Right. Cause you get the tramps and you get Casey and the sunshine band. There's some instrumentals, uh, and shameless plug. I actually did a review of this uh, soundtrack with my mom who grew up in that era. So that's a fun episode. <laughs> yeah. So this, this record came out in 77 and I was pretty young at that point. I think I was, um, 77, I would have been like, uh, 11 years old, 31? maybe <laughs> 31, my ass, <laughs> uh, 11, and so it begins. And so it begins. <laughs> 11 years old at that point. So pretty impressionable. I'm listening to AM radio. I'm taking in whatever's around me from my brothers and sisters and from culture as a whole. And of course, disco was pretty big culture at that point, but here's why this soundtrack also plays a special part in my personal life. Saturday Night Fever was the first rated R movie that I snuck into. Oh, nice. Nice. That's it. So that was my first rated R movie. I snuck into it. I was by myself on a, I was probably like a summer afternoon at the mall. And, uh, that's exactly what I did. I, you know, and so I went out and I picked up and it was a double gatefold, uh, album. If I remember correctly, I don't still have the vinyl for this. I think I went out and got the CD years later or whatever, but, uh, I had the original vinyl double gatefold album and all that stuff. I never wore disco suits or anything like that. I don't even think I ever went to, uh, a discotheque, uh, you know, for we used to have these discotheques for teens back then. Do mm. you guys remember those? Back in the 40s? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> they were Holly- called rock clubs in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. What, whatever, Hollywood. I'm not that far <laughs> off, are you, young man? 
But they used to have discotheques for teens uh, at one point in time because disco was so big. They wanted to find out how they could, uh, you know, make more money off of it. So they they formed uh, a few discotheques. They had like Arthur, uh, what was it, Arthur Murray Dance School that was teaching disco at one point in time, all this stuff. But I never did any of that stuff. I just uh, admired from afar and I enjoyed this album. So Mm -hmm. um, probably my favorite uh, track off this record and there's a lot of tracks that I think are really great jive talking staying alive all that stuff more than a woman I think is an awesome ballad I think it's a really great song but probably one of my favorite fun songs off this record is you should be dancing so fun trivia what is the number one selling uh, soundtrack of all time I think it's Saturday Night Fever is it not it's not and I was surprised too but it's a uh, it's, it's from the 90s wow oh uh, the bodyguard yeah absolutely yep oh yeah 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 which is uh look whitney houston's great but i'd go with saturday night fever over (laughs) the bodyguard yeah no shit and all that was driven off of one single song and it was a dolly parton song yeah right on yep absolutely all right let's go uh sunny do you have anything about saturday night fever uh never seen the movie really really like i told you i'm gonna throw you for some loops i have never seen the movie have you seen and, uh, at least the sequel, Staying Alive? No. Oh, you, wait, you can skip that one. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen either one. Obviously, I've heard the songs. Sure. They're all over radio. But yeah, I've never seen the movie. But I like the soundtrack. Well, I, this is a perfect lead-in. So you, you haven't seen that John Travolta movie, but I have a feeling you've seen another John Travolta movie. So my number four and technically um, Stephen's number two in his chronological order are actually the same. Which is perfect. That is, which is perfect. And that is 1978's Greece. So, you know, I've nicknamed it the bipolar Danny Zuko because uh, <laughs> you get kind of both there. But uh, the, what's interesting about this movie is the age these guys are. So Olivia Newton-John is like 23, 24 when this is filming. So hot. Uh, Or no, she's 29, 30. Travolta's around 23, 24. Stocker Channing is 33, 34. But they're oh, all yeah. portrayed in high school. And Stocker looks old in the movie to be honest. I, she looks great. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know why they thought she could pass. They, they thought she could pass for high school, um, but whatever. I'm not into musicals at all. I am not a theater guy. Uh, by the way, Stephen, I don't think there was any discotheques on Broadway or Telegraph. That's probably why we haven't been to one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for some reason, this movie, it must've been on TV because I didn't really uh, get into movies uh, until the mid eighties. So I must've seen this on TV and a couple of songs must have connected, and that's kind of what got me into the movie. But a great soundtrack. There's, you know, 24 tracks on it. Uh, some are, you know, only a minute or so long. Some are full-length songs. Uh, I would say my favorite songs are probably Grease, Summer Nights, um, all the Shauna Na stuff. I, when I first heard Shauna Na was on this movie, and I bought everything they had because they got a bunch of compilation stuff. They're just fun to listen to. I don't yeah. know what it's about. Uh, about their music but uh, yeah they're super fun to listen to and for some reason they got me in the stray cats too so it must be the rockabilly thing definitely actually i first saw them on wood they were at woodstock surprisingly mm-hmm. and i saw the woodstock film uh but yeah i think a lot of people discovered shana and they were perfect i mean they were built for that you know era of, of music and and greece and things like that and speaking of stalker chandler it's kind of funny because they do movies have always done this where they have 
uh, basically adults playing teenagers, just like the Karate Kid. Dan, you know, Ralph Macchio was 23, 24 playing <laughs> supposedly yeah. a 16 year old or something like that. So, uh, 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. So as I'm, I was watching the movie again the other day because I hadn't seen it in a couple of years, and uh, I have a daughter that could be Rizzo. Like <laughs> it's going to be close. I've got one. It's, yeah. It should be interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, music-wise, I would say my second favorite song is probably Grease Lightning, which, uh, you know, after he gets offered 75 cents for the car and his girl at the time, um, they start that song. But my favorite song and the one I think we should play, you know, there's nothing like, the hair was a little much, but there's nothing like seeing a fine woman in a leather jacket and red high heel shoes. We got to play with, you're the one I want. Steven, what are your thoughts on Greece? Greece comes next in my chronological order because this was released in 78. Same mall. I, I spent a lot of time at that mall when I was growing up, obviously, especially during the summer with all my buddies or whatever. But uh, same mall, same theater, went to see Greece. And now my musical tastes are kind of shifting. Like I said, I'm all over the place. And lo and behold, I go and I see this musical. I think the age thing probably doesn't Sonny mentioned the age thing but I, I have a feeling that the age thing doesn't play as big a role in a musical you know I think they take a lot more liberties when it comes to musicals mm-hmm. that's just my personal opinion but I never really thought about it until Sonny just mentioned it but he's 100% <laughs> right uh, with that I can't tell you how many times I saw this movie this was probably the first movie or one of the first movie that I actually saw multiple times. Mm. Like we would go to the theater and see this movie multiple times. I absolutely love the scene with uh, uh, Zuko on the baseball field and he grabs the catcher's mask and pulls it out and <laughs> lets it go. I mean, that's one of my favorite scenes above all else uh, with these songs. Grease Lightning is absolutely 100% my favorite song on this uh, record. I love that song. Sonny, back to you. All right, so my number three was my go-to date movie. So I found this movie uh, at, a couple of years after it got released, but anybody I dated uh, had to watch go through the uh, issue of watching this movie on VHS with me. So I've probably been through four or five copies of this movie. Wow. The movie's, the movie's called Hard to Hold. Released in uh, April of 1984, this is Ring Springfield's kind of Purple Rainish type of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about you know rock star falling in love with a kind of a good girl, and she kind of uh, uh, c- comes around after a while and finds out he's not that bad of a guy. And at the same time, he's got a kind of an ex girlfriend that he's writing songs with that uh, the relationship's not going well in profession or in personal with her. So it's totally a B movie when you, you know, I saw it again the other day after I probably watch it like once every year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when time goes by and I watch it in 2019, I'm like, man, like he didn't like the costume changes weren't that much. They pretty much <laughs> filmed it all in like five sets. Like it's like, it's totally a B movie, but it's in San Francisco, so that connected to me. Mm-hmm. And the, the the songs are amazing. There's ten songs on the soundtrack. There's one by Peter Gabriel, the one by Graham Parker. There's a bunch that Rick Springfield wrote. Uh, to me, my four favorite are probably Great Lost, Art of Conversation. And that song comes right as they're uh, thinking about kind of breaking up and he's losing her. A Bob Till You Drop, when they're 
doing the run. That's kind of when that uh, song comes up. Love Somebody, which is kind of the concert song as she leaves for London. It's kind of the the premiere song of the movie. Mm -hmm. But uh, my favorite, and it's kind of a ballad, and it's after her dad dies, this awesome song called Don't Walk Away. So I haven't seen this movie in years. This seemed to be like an HBO type movie i think that i would it would be on and i would i would check it out and of course rick springfield everyone knew from jesse's girl and uh of course he was on general hospital for a lot of women so you know he he was already acting uh in addition to being uh, a musician i haven't seen this movie in years i want to go back and watch it but i just recently i went back and i'm like i don't remember any songs from it so i went and listened to it i love bop to a drop it's totally 80s funk but the the rick like the soundtrack itself is all over the place i mean you get sometimes you hear yacht rock sometimes you're 80s pop sometimes you get funk it's just it's all over the place which i love about the 80s i think that was the fun part about soundtracks uh that is totally lost now i mean we've talked about on this podcast soundtracks are a dying art you you really don't hear unique uh music written specifically for for movies anymore unless it's maybe like a disney movie and it, it's a shame it's really a shame S- steven do you remember hard to hold at all I don't I don't have that much of a recollection. I do prefer the Rick Springfield um albums, actual Rick Springfield albums as opposed to uh this soundtrack. I did go through and kind of peruse the soundtrack a little bit. Uh big surprise, Sonny picked a, a ballad for one of the songs he <laughs> don't loves. Be the most. Don't be hating. Don't be hating. Dr. Noah Drake lover there. Uh, <laughs> that's a deep reference for you. <laughs> But yeah, I I just uh, I don't remember this uh, movie. I know I've seen it and I can remember bits and pieces of it, but I don't overall remember this movie a whole lot. And the soundtrack for me was just kind of it was okay. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but that's yeah, that's where I stand with this. Well, that's why we love damn good movie memories, because we're going to bust out things that you may not have seen. And uh, if you haven't seen Hard to Hold, go check it out, because you never know. You might like it. Uh, Steven, back to you. Back to me. So 78 releases Grease. My my tastes are all over the place. I'm going in and taking movies. But as I'm getting older, then I get into high school. And high school for me is where a lot of stuff really escalated, uh, both through uh, hanging out with more and more friends, going out on the, on the weekends. You know, my musical taste just really, it, it kind of catapulted. I was being influenced by a lot of my friends and a lot of different things that was happening. MTV was just starting to kind of come around at this point. So 81 saw the release of the movie Heavy Metal. Mm -hmm. And for me, from the stuff I was listening to at the time, this wasn't necessarily heavy metal to me, but it was definitely rock and roll. And we used to have a movie theater. This is a different theater. Um, up near that same mall, go figure. We didn't have a lot to do in my town, by the way. Uh, but they used to show midnight movies on the weekend. And one of the midnight movies that was in regular rotation was heavy metal. Mm -hmm. So we used to go up there. Somebody would buy us beer that was of age, uh, because we were not, and we would drink and smoke and hang out and listen to music in the parking lot and go in and watch heavy metal at midnight. And it was kick ass. Uh, we had such great times and this soundtrack, the soundtrack for me when it first came out, wasn't something that necessarily I gravitated towards, 
But as time went on and as the years went on, I went back and kind of rediscovered a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of great stuff on this record, even aside from like the stuff that you know real well, like, you know, the Sammy Hagar and and, uh, stuff like that. I mean, that stuff, the Sammy Hagar, the Nazareth, the Journey, all that stuff is kind of um, up, up front and Uh, very well known but some of the stuff that i really like is some of the lesser known stuff like the band Riggs. Mm. Riggs had two tunes on this record and Riggs is Riggs is an interesting thing if you ever wikipedia uh jerry Riggs, his story is a little bit interesting but the band Riggs had two songs on the soundtrack and i like them both and i really like the song heartbeat a non-obvious track because of course most people as you said will remember you know the song heavy metal by sammy hagar there's a little bit different version of mob rules uh from black sabbath on there of course cheap tricks on there blue oyster cold grang funk it's just it's a great classic rock soundtrack sunny do you did you see this when it first came out or did you have the soundtrack Uh, i have the soundtrack never seen the movie Mm, okay don't even know what the movie is um should have played open arms by the way just kidding um (laughs) but uh you know, I, I am a huge Sammy Hagar fan. Mm-hmm. So to have him uh, be connected to this movie and just, you know, it got him out there. And I'm, I'm sure it helped him get the job at Van Halen later on. So good for him. All right. Back to Sonny. All right. So my next pick is kind of interesting. So my number two pick, it's a movie called Rockstar. Um, mm-hmm. Marky Mark, if you remember him, Mark Wahlberg is kind of the lead actor here. This movie is very interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, there's a bunch of songs in the movie that don't match the timeline of the movie. And I don't know why they did that, but the movie is really set in like 85, 86, but the movie plays wild side living on a prayer by Bon Jovi devil inside by NXS. Are you ready by ACDC and let's get rocked by Def Leppard, which none of those songs were around 85. No, no, not at all. So that, that part's a little weird. Um, Two of those aren't on the soundtrack, but they do play them in the movie. Mm-hmm. The other part that was weird is this movie got released four days before 9-11. So mm-hmm. it was a flop right out of the gate. It did not do well, although it was, I don't know how well it would have done, but for a rocker like me, this this movie hit dead home for a couple of reasons. First, there's a rumor that it's about Judas Priest, which nobody in Judas Priest believes. Right. Um, but it has Zach Wilde. It has Nick Kennedy's. It has Jeff Pilson. It's got Jason Bonham. It's got Miles Kennedy and two of my favorite singers on the planet, Jeff Scott Soto and Miljenko Matijevic. Right. So for me, the movie is super duper. I mean, I watch it all the time, and I absolutely love the soundtrack. All four songs, all five songs that were kind of written for the movie, "Wasted Generation," which Desmond Child had a a hand in writing stand up which sammy hagar wrote we all die young which is a steelheart song Mm -hmm. living the life which uh steve plunkett who's the lead singer was the lead singer for autograph he wrote it but my favorite song is and actually connects to a very important part of the movie i'll just tell you that marky uh marky mark i keep calling him that mark Wahlberg (laughs) is finally is finally on stage he's doing his first show he's coming through the stage as you would see in any you know, a rock concert in the 80s or 90s, a metal concert anyway. And he's coming down the steps and he falls. I won't tell you the rest, but there's a great song called Blood Pollution. So what's funny is we keep saying Mark You Mark, which is great because at the end of the movie, there's kind of a fun little um, bit that they played a practical joke on, on Wahlberg where they're playing Good Vibrations, 
which of course is Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, and they're kind of making, they're doing the dancing, you know, it's pretty funny. And as for the timeline going all over the place, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the Goldbergs, the TV show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like that where they say it's like 1980 something, and I think they the, the producers of Rockstar probably did the same thing. <laughs> Uh, but we knew you had to pick Rockstar because Jeff Scott Soto is the voice of Bobby Beers, which is the original lead singer of of the band of Steel Dragon. And then, of course, uh, Miljenko from Steelheart is is Izzy's voice. So it, it's great. And uh, it had to be on this list. I knew it was coming. So, Stephen, what did you think when this came out and, and the music on it? Yeah, I think a lot of times people in uh, the you know, the critics and everything in movies and, and uh, rock and roll in general, sometimes they take themselves a little bit too seriously with some of the reviews and everything. I'm, I approach things so much more simpler and maybe I'm just easier to please, but uh, I just, if it entertains me, then I like it. And this movie entertained me. Mm -hmm. I like this movie. I know a lot of people beat this movie down from left to right, but, for all the reasons that Sonny mentioned and just plain whether I liked it or not, I loved it. I loved the fact that they used real musicians in a lot of the things and killer musicians at that. Yeah. Uh, I love the music, the soundtrack. This would have made my list had it not been on Sonny's list, uh, but it was on, on Sonny's list. So uh, I didn't see a point to, to add to that. Uh, Sonny's going to say everything that I would have said on it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's just awesome. There were a lot of great cameos. Uh, I don't know if you remember the scene in uh, uh, in the studio when he goes into audition for for the band the first time around. The kid coming out of the booth that had just sang is the guy that's in uh, Steel Panther, the Mike Starr. Ah, right, that's true. And um, at the end, Miles Kennedy is the guy that gets on stage for uh, for Mark Wahlberg. Oh wow, I did not know that. That's yeah. interesting. He's That's the cool. guy in the audience. Yeah. So the great, great cameos. It, this actually might be the last movie where you get to see Zach Wilde without facial hair. Yeah, that's right. Un <laughs> yeah, unbearded, probably. Yeah. Unbearded Zach. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's actually got some really funny scenes. He just kind of plays your your crazy uh, you know, rock star who's like firing shotguns at places and, and drinking beer and how, how everyone would imagine Zach being. <laughs> so. they, they gave a lot of speaking parts to Jason Bonham, didn't they? <laughs> Basically, he's like, what is he? He's laying on the, uh, didn't he have an IV in his arm or something? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's getting yeah. dialysis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good times, good times. All right, Stephen, let's go back to you. All right, so next up for me, 81, we go to 86, and the movie Trick or Treat. Yes. Now, this was a rocker's dream for this to come out. And uh, it was essentially a Fastway record. It was yeah. a movie soundtrack, but it was essentially a Fastway record, which is sort of like, uh, you know, harpens back to Queen when they would do soundtracks for uh, Flash Gordon or um, uh, Highlander or whatever. You know, it's, uh, it was interesting because Fastway wasn't necessarily a huge band. I love the first Fastway record. Uh, and in movie listeners that don't know who Fastway is, that's Fast Eddie Clark, the original guitar player that was in Motorhead, uh, David Shirley, who was the drummer in uh, Humble Pie, mm -hmm. and then Dave King, who now I think is front and flogging Molly, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, they're very popular. 
Yeah. Uh, so just a, a great band. That first record was so awesome. They've got several other records out, but for me, the first Fast Way and this Trick or Treat soundtrack are awesome. And I really enjoyed the the soundtrack. The movie doesn't um, doesn't keep as well if you watch it more recently as opposed to when it first came out. It's a little bit campy and a little bit cheesy, but, you know, it's a pleasurable watch, I guess, mm-hmm. is is the point. Uh, and one of my favorite songs off this soundtrack, uh, there are several songs on this record that are really good, but uh, the lead track, uh, Trick or Treat, great, great song. Yeah, I love Fastway. That that debut album from 83 is, is absolutely terrific. And the underrated follow-up, All Fired Up, is, is very good as well. But yeah, I think this was kind of a return uh to form for them uh really good i really liked the way they did it and sunny do you, are, are you into Fastway? and and did you see this movie at all yeah totally into Fastway, and i agree with what you said about the first two records this is one of those movies i would have never seen unless i was a stupid crazy kiss fan right, right. and that's the only reason i've seen it. it's like gene simmons been in movies i gotta see every movie he's ever been in and that's the only reason i've ever seen this movie um and i probably in it saw too. it yeah, yeah. I probably saw it about three years ago again. That was probably the last time I saw it. I mean, you know, it's a, like uh, Stephen said, it's kind of a campy movie, um, but the soundtrack is outstanding. Yes. And uh, side note, my favorite Gene Simmons movie, Runaway. With Tom of course. Sonny. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's so good. All right, Sonny, your number one pick. All right. So I was so glad that you said it didn't have to be hard rock because the minute you said that, my favorite artist ever Released a movie in 1984, Purple Rain, baby. You can't go wrong with Prince. <laughs> That's it's, right. it's a shame there's only nine songs on the original soundtrack. Yeah. Now, if you get later remaster versions, there's added songs to it. Um, but all nine songs are just outstanding. I saw, I see this movie probably every two to three months just because it's something I enjoy. And anytime it's on TV, I'll just flip to it. But, you know, you think about, again, it's 2019. The entire movie was done in like four or five sets. Like it's it's a low budget film. There yes. is absolutely no doubt about it. But the music is just untouchable. And I think, you know, obviously the movie was put around the music anyway. Um, so, you know, rather than name all nine songs, because I absolutely love all nine songs, I figured, you know, what could be fun one to play? Well, you got to go with the Apollonia scene. In the water, she took her top off. So we got to play Take Me With You. Yeah, I think it's funny. I'm not a fan of the movie itself. I absolutely adore the music. I tried watching it not too long ago, and I just, I was like, wow, I can't believe this actually got popular. But it's the power of music. You know, there are certain movies, and we'll we'll get to it eventually when when I give my list. There are certain movies where the movie itself becomes popular because of the soundtrack, and and I think this is absolutely one. And Prince obviously was a a genius and an icon, especially in the mid-'80s. But to me, uh, one of my favorite songs is not from him. It's from Morris Day and the Time, and I can't get enough of Jungle Love. I absolutely Oh, yeah. Yeah, terrific. Stephen, what what are your thoughts on Purple Rain? So when Prince first came around in the mid-'80s, I was a metalhead, and I I didn't want to see Prince. I, I was not a fan. I, I hated Little Red Corvette. I hated 1999. I hated everything that was on MTV every two seconds because that just meant that I wasn't going to see some kick-ass video uh, for my, my favorite band because they, they waited till 3 o'clock in the morning to play that kind of music. 
But over time, I became a huge Prince fan uh, and absolutely love him. Love the movie. Uh, love the uh, live concert uh, scenes that they shot at Seventh uh, Avenue uh, there in Minneapolis. And uh, years later, got to uh, one of the bands I was on the road with got to play Seventh uh, Avenue, which was really cool for me uh, to kind of go to some of those uh, places and see them, you know, in person. But uh, you can't go wrong with Purple Rain. I mean, it's just it's a classic, and there's so much good music on there. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's all good. Absolutely. All right. Your last pick, Steven. All right. So my last pick. So we talk about carrying the flag for hard rock and metal. Uh, and a lot of that, you know, circles around a hair metal. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of debate about grunge killing hair metal and, and killing rock and roll well i just looked at grunge as a number another form of rock and roll mm -hmm. i think it did have an effect on a lot of those bands but uh it is what it is i still liked a lot of stuff that was coming out at the time and i was influenced by combat boots and uh flannel shirts just like probably the majority of people out in 92 a movie came out that was uh i think it was a cameron cameron crow movie released in 92 singles which kind of highlighted that whole uh, culture, basically. I thought the movie was great. I mean, it's sort of a chick flick, but a really good, well-done movie. I like Cameron Crowe and how he does movies because I think he tells a good story. And the soundtrack was great. There was a lot of good stuff on that soundtrack uh, that I enjoyed from Soundgarden to Pearl Jam. I really enjoyed the two uh, Paul Westerberg songs that were on that soundtrack, Dyslexic Heart and uh, Waiting for Somebody. Just uh, a whole bunch of good music. And, uh, you know, it influenced me a lot in that time uh, from that scene and from rock and roll. And I listened, I can remember listening to this soundtrack quite a bit, uh, going back and forth to clubs and stuff like that. So the song I'm going to pick is a pretty heavy uh, tune from Soundgarden called Birth Ritual. Seamus Plug, Keith Rochford, and I also did a review of this album, too. So a lot of fun to, to talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, what was cool about this movie. It was actually ahead of its time because this I don't think a lot of people had heard about the Seattle grunge scene yet. And a lot of the bands off this soundtrack became huge whether it be alice in chains and pearl jam Soundgarden. there's a great uh song from screaming trees uh of course mother love bones on there who should have been a huge band but there would have been no pearl jam uh but i also love the cover that basically heart did of uh the battle of evermore which love it oh yeah 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 Almost, almost picked that. I, that that song makes my uh, in the morning. I listen to a little bit uh, drawn down music. I don't like real loud stuff, and and I just I really love the their version of the Battle of Evermore. Yeah, yeah, and so and it's actually an underrated movie too. I think most people go to Almost Famous as the best, but I think uh, for Cameron Crowe at least, and uh, I think this is a terrific movie as well. Sonny, what do you think about singles? Just like you said, it was introduction to uh, grunge for me. I remember seeing man in the box on MTV going, uh, uh Oh, is this, <laughs> uh, this is different. I like it, but this is different. And then I remember seeing this movie, the theater and hearing songs like wood and birth ritual. 
I was, wait a second, like some of this stuff is really good. When I got the soundtrack, I absolutely hated it. I only like four songs on this soundtrack. Oh, really? Wow. Because I really don't like Pearl Jam. I don't like Mud Honey. I don't, like, I just never got into them. But mm -hmm. to me, like Soundgarden and Alice in Chains felt 80s kind of growing up, where Pearl Jam sounded completely different to me. I don't know why. No, that, that makes sense. I mean, because Alice in Change kind of started as a as a glam slash hair band um, before they, you know, did the Faceless album, and then of course Soundgarden did start in the '80s. So yeah, uh, I, I, that makes total sense. That makes absolute sense. Yeah. All, all right, I had teased it earlier. I'm going to give what my original list is, and then I have revised it because three years have gone by. But I'll quickly go through my original list from back. I think it was episode six, a long time ago. So my number five was the Karate Kid. Number four was Last Action Hero. Number three was Footloose. Number two is the Blues Brothers. And then number one, I cheated, as, as Sonny and I were talking about. I went with the Rocky franchise because I couldn't pick between one, three, and four. And you put them all together. And, and to be fair, Stallone cheats, too, because he put Eye on the Tiger in both three and four. So I think it's okay if I cheated. Uh, but my new list, uh, I revised it. And part of this has just been from doing the soundtrack episode specifically that uh, over the years. So my new number five, instead of the Karate Kid, I picked Flashdance because I had a new appreciation of it after, you know, really digging deep into it and listening to it again and doing that episode. Uh, here's where the movie, not great. It's, uh, but the, the soundtrack definitely made the movie popular. And uh, there's hits that you probably never need to listen to again, but they're great. Uh, but then you also have Frank D'Amino in a, in a band called Cycle V, which was basically just... Uh, a fake band name, so because they couldn't use Frank Domino's name from Angel and uh, Seduce Me Tonight. It's a great song, so I put Flashdance on there. Number four, Footloose. I bumped it down a little bit, but I still love Footloose. Another one where the soundtrack itself, uh, I think, propelled the movie. Uh, number three, and this might shock a lot of people, but uh, I keep complaining that they don't make new soundtracks, uh, but A Star is Born from 2018 probably my favorite album of 2018. Absolutely love it. Bradley Cooper, the dude can sing. I think if you're into that, you know, kind of Southern rock type of voice, great. And I don't care what anyone says, Lady Gaga is one of the most talented musicians out there, especially singing. And I love like the Elton John feel uh, that she portrays in that, in that soundtrack. Great, great soundtrack and, and a great movie too. Uh, and then my my two and, and one are, are exactly the same. So you, do you guys have any thoughts about any of the, the soundtracks I picked? Yeah, you know, that's actually it's not Bradley Cooper. It's Dirks Bentley. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever seen Dirks Bentley and uh, Bradley Cooper in the room at the same time? I, I haven't. Are, are we getting an exclusive here? I'm just telling you, <laughs> pull up the pictures, look at it side by side and tell me if you've ever seen them in a room together. Well, I do know that the guitar playing is actually from Willie Nelson's son, Lucas Nelson. So that, oh, yeah? that, that's absolutely true. But singing, I'm pretty sure it's Bradley Cooper. I know he spent a lot of time <laughs> on that. <laughs> but the movie, it's, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's, it was one of my favorite movies of 2018. Now, Brian, before we go over to Sonny, tell the yeah. truth. Do, is, there, is there a video tucked away deep, deep, deep in your dresser? Uh, with you kind of dancing around your room to uh, to the soundtrack to Footloose. Oh, absolutely. let us know. Oh, absolutely. I don't know okay. if there's video, but I'll still do it. I have no shame in that one. I can do the everybody cut, everybody cut. No problem. I, I might pull a muscle or two, but that's all right. Sonny, get me out of this. <laughs> that star that stars born soundtrack. I just need to listen to it more. There's some really good stuff on there. Like I I'm not a huge Lady Gaga fan. 
but I would say that soundtrack is making me one now. Yeah, I think, it, you know, I, it's a little bit of something for everyone. She'll do like her Elton John stuff. She kind of does like the the moody ballads with Bradley Cooper. And then there's pop stuff on there for her, you know, her her fans. Uh, but compared to like, I just saw it, Rocket Man, which I love Elton John, uh, but I couldn't stand the movie. It killed me because timeline wise, and we discussed this on the Bohemian Rhapsody episode. If you think the timeline's a little off on Bohemian Rhapsody, there's no timeline in, in Rocket Man, and it turns into a musical. And Elton John isn't actually singing; they have the actor playing Elton John singing it. And uh, his voice is is good, probably in a musical sense, but it doesn't have that grit and the soul that Elton John has. And uh, yeah, didn't didn't like it at all. So uh, that didn't do it for me. <laughs> Did the dirt do it for you? Oh no, that was terrible. Anyway, that, there's <laughs> there's a guilty pleasure. There's where that would have been gone straight to video back in the '80s. But it's fine. Like I had I had fun watching it. Uh, but no, it doesn't. It, there's a reason why it was on Netflix and and. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get upset like some people did watching it, saying how, how bad it was. I, I enjoyed it, but I never need to really watch it again. No, I was entertained by the the dirt, and uh, I'd heard about uh, the Elton John movie because I was just about to go see that myself when my brother uh, texted me and said, oh, it's freaking awful. It's a musical. I'm like, yeah. really? I'm like, it's an actual musical? He's like, yeah, I'm not kidding. No, nah, it's bait and switch because everyone thought they're going to get Bohemian Rhapsody again, and it ain't like that. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we had teased it before. I know you guys have extras. I know you guys have honorable mentions. So why don't you just give me what what almost made your list? We'll start with Sonny. Um, all right. So a couple we've already talked about. Karate Kid almost made my list. Um, Last Action Hero uh, always made almost made my list, which is dropped off your list now. Yep. Um, Point Break. 91 1991's point break yeah that, that is an awesome awesome um a soundtrack vision quest yep we did people forget that. that's out there yep. um but that, that ep- i love that episode that you guys did on vision quest that was Thank awesome you. uh bill and ted's bogus journey you know steve yep. is all over that thing and i'm a huge steve i fan we could easily pick shocker because i'm a kiss fan so shocker's got some kiss ties uh the three, well, Days and Confused is probably not a surprise. The two that are probably a surprise that, and one of them almost made my top five. One was The Big Chill, yeah, which is an incredible soundtrack. But the one that would probably surprise people that almost made my top five was Tin Cup. Really? Oh my God, I love the music in that movie. In that movie, I love the movie, and I—that's one of those movies where I love the movie so much that I've heard the soundtrack so often that I now love the soundtrack. You, you know, I think uh, my dad has a new favorite uh, guest because he owned the, the Tin Cup soundtrack on cassette, I remember. And he, he's he's with you. He absolutely adores that soundtrack. Yeah, there's a song called Character Flaw by uh, Joe Eli. People mm-hmm. need to listen. It's just a nice little country tune. It's really cool. Yeah, no, I agree. Speaking so the the I just things that stuck out at me on Point Break oh, over the edge from LA Guns. Great oh, yeah. u- great use of that. And then on Shocker Megadeth's got a great song on it too. So. Yeah. Steven. That Point Break uh soundtrack, that's got that rap tune on it as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. nobody rides for free. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a cool tune. Yeah, uh, a lot of those that Sonny mentioned, uh, definitely part of my list. Bill and Ted's uh, Bogus Journey really, really came close to making my list. I actually wanted to cheat and put that on there because there's a lot of good stuff on that. I mean, there's 
uh, a winger song that you can't get anywhere else. There's a slaughter song, you know, Megadeth, Primus, King's X. Uh, there's some good stuff. There's even a Richie Cotton song on there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, definitely some good stuff. A couple of records that weren't talked about that um, it's hit or miss. They've got stuff in places. I don't love everything on both the records, but the Beavis and Butthead records, the Beavis and Butthead Do America and the Beavis and Butthead Experience mm-hmm. both have good stuff on it. Um, Judgment Night, I thought was really mm. cool, like rap rock type thing, uh, which which I enjoyed. Um I love the American Graffiti soundtrack, the oh, original. Yeah. Yes. It's classic. Uh, and more recently, I really like the Guardian of the Galaxy uh, soundtrack because I love Yacht Rock type stuff. <laughs> well, that and, and it's really uh, I they, they call it a playlist uh, because it is. I mean, it's just they and they didn't pick obvious songs. They did. They did fairly deep tracks, which was awesome. Yeah, that's something where, to me, that movie uh, really, really benefited from the music. I mean, yes. they did such a great job with the music in that first uh, that first movie. I mean, they, they duplicated it a little bit in the second movie, but uh, I don't know. I think the music was probably overall a little bit better in the first one. Yeah, and it made it stick out for the Marvel movies, because I think, you know, a lot of the Marvel movies are very good, but they follow the same story arc, and, and they kind of all kind of blend into each other and guardian stands out because of the music, like you said, and you brought up a good point about bill and Ted. I think where bogus journey is definitely the better soundtrack. Excellent adventure is the better movie. So oh, yeah. without a doubt, not even close. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My honorable mention, and it almost, it actually almost beat flash dance because it was tough not to have it, but Eddie and the cruisers, the soundtrack is, is brilliant. I absolutely adore that. It's kind of a weird blend of kind of like sixties rock with, like early 60s rock with 80s production, uh, you know, with John Cafferty doing it, kind of the Bruce Springsteen light uh, type of type of soundtrack. But uh, yeah, that I, I really love Eddie and the Cruisers. You know, what's a pretty good soundtrack that's a little left of center because it's not rock and roll. It's not yacht rock. It's not pop. It's um, have you ever heard the Leap of Faith soundtrack? No. Is that like kind of gospel? It is a bit yeah. gospel. It's got a it's got a, a Don Henley song that I really like on it. It's got some, you know, it's got Paradise by the Dashboard Light, Meat Loaf. But yeah, it is primarily um, uh, gospel type singers. But the music is really, uh, I mean, it's not just uh, it's it's modern. I guess is the best way I can put it. I re- okay. I really enjoy that soundtrack for yeah. for whatever reason. Well, guys, this has been so much fun. I got to ask, what do you guys have coming up next for Growing Up Rock? Oh, wow. So at the time that this comes out, be around 104, 105 episodes in, we will have just released uh, our interview with Joel Hulkstra. Oh, nice. Snake. Yeah. Uh, He's a returning guest to the show, and we kind of cover that new White Snake record and go through the recording process and each song on that record. because I, I really like the new White Snake record. I think it's a great record. I do too. I do too. I did you guys get the deluxe version? Uh, I did. Yeah. We yeah. in fact that's what we discuss is the deluxe version. Oh, cool. Because I love uh, can't do right if you're doing wrong. I think it's uh it, it's a little bit different. Like it, it's it's uh it's a different type of track. But no, uh, I hope they keep releasing new material because if it's as good as that, uh, that that's gonna be really good for them. Yeah. Uh, we do some game shows too, so there'll be a game show out very soon oh cool awesome 
It's uh, been a it's been a great time. Thanks for having us on. We really absolutely. appreciate it. You guys have an open invitation anytime you want to be on. I, I love talking to you guys, and you work really well together, and you're professional, and it's it's just easy easy uh, conversation with you guys. Professional. I, well, what the hell? <laughs> well, that that's kind of how this podcast started. I was just it was my buddies at work, and uh, you know you, you had mentioned that you know you, a lot of your friends don't like hard rock at work. And so I'm kind of that way there. But almost everyone loves movies of some form. So you can yeah. kind of uh, uh, connect with people in some form. And that's that was kind of the fun part about you know, getting all these different opinions, different age ranges. Um, and it was that that's kind of how this started. Now it's evolved into more specific movies because I, it was becoming difficult to find topics. <laughs> uh, I didn't really want to to really have to reach for topics since now we're getting into specific movies but uh yeah no movies definitely uh bond people just like music yeah it's a nice uh diversion for us it's uh fun to get away and just talk about movies because you know movies are important to both sunny and i i know we both spend a lot of time sunny said you know a little bit more tv than movies but uh, i kind of split my time evenly as best as possible so Absolutely. Well, again, thank you guys, and definitely checking up, check out the Growing Up Rock podcast. It is terrific. You guys got a nice preview here, so if you like what you hear on their movie thoughts, it's even better for music. So definitely check it out.